It's December 18th, 2011, and this is The Candid Frame. Like many of you, I view tens of thousands of photographs on a computer screen. But whenever I have the opportunity to see a finely crafted print displayed on a gallery wall, the experience changes. Because when you experience an image on paper, it demands that I linger and observe it in a way that doesn't usually happen when I'm speeding through images as quickly as I can click on a mouse. This week, I had the opportunity to attend a preview of the next exhibit at the Annenberg Space for Photography in Los Angeles, where their new show, Digital Darkroom, is scheduled to open. It was there that I had the opportunity to interview today's guest and the guest curator for the show, Russell Brown, who is also known as the Senior Creative Director at Adobe Systems. The exhibit, which includes work from Jerry Ilsman, Maggie Taylor, Joel Grimes, and others, is is more than just an exhibit of what's possible with modern or even traditional technology. But what's really possible when imagination, passion, and hard work come together to create vision. If you're in Los Angeles through May, I highly recommend you attend the show. But even if you can't, I hope you'll enjoy our conversation with Russell Brown. Russell, welcome to the Candid Frame. I'm here at the Annenberg Space of uh, for Photography, and I've just seen an amazing exhibit that you just curated. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners who haven't had the opportunity to see it yet what the show is about? So you're right. This is an amazing show. This show is like looking into my brain. That's pretty scary. But I was given the honor of curating this show here at the Annenberg the ability to choose some of my favorite artists and to work with them uh, to bring the show together. A, t- a total honor, by the way. To, I, why do I get this honor? I think the only reason I get this honor is because I've been around too long. <laughs> <laughs> but what they're going to see is a collection of people they may never have seen before, but I think they should. I didn't go out looking for the most famous people to bring to a show. That's been done. I looked for the most creative people to bring to a show that would inspire someone. I'm imagining myself in college. I went to Art Center College of Design here in Pasadena. And what would have been the show that I would have wanted to go to as a student that would have inspired me to become something like this? And that's what I brought together here is... Everything from Jerry Yulesman, who's a conventional darkroom photographer. He still uses an enlarger, for heaven's sakes. All the way to Chris Levine, who's using 18 different cameras to photograph the queen and create a lenticular image. So from enormous technology gap, it's, it's the Grand Canyon of technology. Jerry Yulesman sits over here on this island somewhere and everyone's abandoning him and... And then we've all gone off to do this digital stuff. 
but he's he's the he's a root he's the key character um to all of this and that's why i put him in the beginning of the show i really love the fact that he's there because i he inspired me and the very fact that i'm here on your show is because of jerry yulesman i saw his work I was inspired by his work. I wanted to get into photography. I got into design and photography. I went to Art Center College of Design. I went to work for Atari. I learned what a computer was. I worked for Adobe. I learned what Photoshop was, and I helped um, bring it out into the market. So, whew, you know, this. Speaking of timelines, you know, or the butterfly effect, you know, Jerry Yulesman flapped his wings, and here we are today. One of the most interesting things you said at the beginning of it of it is that. These people sort of represented the people who you would love to be, and I thought that was a wonderful. Oh, good! Way. You like that line? I love that. I that <laughs> I'll use great. that. I'll use that tomorrow night because too. you know when people think about curating exhibit, they always think of some highfalutin sort of thinking <laughs> process, and just the fact that this it was just being inspired by a very sort of visceral reaction to their work, yeah. an emotional connection to their work, I thought was a wonderful way to oh. create a selection of people to exhibit. Yeah, yeah, I. I wanted to be them. I wish I were as talented. Um, I may have talents, but I don't think I have the the patience that they do. If you look at some of these works, we both know about Photoshop work. We, you know, we we've, you know, we see Photoshop work on covers of magazines every day. You take a look at some of these images, and you know that it took them. It looks like it would take them years to do some of these yeah. things. And I, I asked Jean, Jean Francois Rossier. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta take some French classes here. Several of the people are from France. I asked him, "How long did it take you to do this?" It took him two weeks. He did not leave the house. I don't think he cooked his own meals. I think his wife is. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't do anything. Hundreds of layers. Patience. I don't have that patience. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, and then the patience for, you know, the, the 3D stuff. These people are insane. <laughs> I think that's why I like them so much, that they worked so hard at their craft and their art. And you could see it in each one of their pieces. And I was just, I think the one thing that surprised me, you were going to ask me, what surprised you the most, Ross? <laughs> why? What's a question? That's a great question. <laughs> um, what surprised me the most is, I didn't choose any jerks. <laughs> you know? I'm I don't know these people. I found them on the web. I said this person's really cool. He's in France. I could care less, you know. This really great stuff. Yeah. I want to meet this person. This person, you know, and I'm going, okay, roll the dice. We all know artists, there's a few jerks out there. Yeah. Hey, I did pretty well. I'm choosing each one of these people. I could I wouldn't kill myself. I was in an elevator with them for more than five right. minutes, you know? Yikes. Because um, they can get so, you said it, I think, get into themselves. So, like, you know, I am, you know, God's gift to art, yeah. you know, and I'm so glad I didn't hit on any of those. I didn't get any of those. And yeah. um, just creative people who are honored to be here mm. and don't show very often. So that's an advantage, I, I think, uh, to the um, show. You get to see a lot of work in your position <laughs> at, 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 at Adobe. I mean, you get yeah. to see tens of thousands yeah. yes, of different yeah. photographers yep. all over the yeah. world who are using this software. 
yet the pool of photographers you end up choosing for this is, is, is very, very small. Yeah. So my question to you is, is what made the difference? I mean, you talked about the fact that, you know, something resonated with you, but this is a huge cross-section of it's different huge. types of photography. So can you sort of uh, define in, in, in some way what it was that each of these people brought to the table that you didn't think that other people who may have just been um, as technically savvy but I, I, you may think that there's some profound reasoning. Mm -hmm. I think it's because I hit the. This sounds crazy. I think it's because I hit the. I was on the right website at the right time in the right place. If you would have brought to me ten more people, after I, I like okay, we got enough. Mm -hmm. I found enough. You brought ten more people. I would have tried to squeeze them into the show. I don't think I. I don't think there was any highbrow thinking involved that yeah. you may think I was thinking. I think it was, I came across some really interesting imagery that I wanted to see in a show, and then I invited them. And as you said, if I kept on looking, I could have found more. Yeah. If I would have been swayed by my knowledge uh, or my friendship with others, it would have been a different group altogether. I, okay, I knew, and I, I guess, no, I didn't know Joel Grimes. I found Joel Grimes on the web because of his work with models and HDR. And I called him up blind out of the blue, and uh, I had no idea that he was being considered by Pat Lanza to be in the show. We both... She was interested in him. I was interested in him. And so I went to one of his seminars and really, this guy, this guy's cool. This yeah. is really good stuff. So I said to Pat, I just had the most amazing seminar with Joel Grimes. We need to get him in the show. She had a whole pile of his images already. <laughs> so our minds were working together. I think uh, Pat and I had some sort of, you know, separated birth. We both had the same vision. And I have to give an enormous credit to Pat for bringing people to my attention. I can't take the full credit for finding all these people. Um, Pat uh, located uh, quite a few of them. I located some. We sort of collaborated and brought them together into the show. But it is a random, it's semi-random. Isn't that terrible to say? But I think that's a good way. But it's 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 a wonderful mashup of different Mashup, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really nice. And then you're going to ask me, well, tell me, how does the 3D fall into this? What's this all about? Well, that's another good question. <laughs> I have an enormous passion for 3D. It goes all the way back to the beginning of Photoshop when I was trying to separate photos apart into 3D, and I had a passion for lenticular imaging. And I brought Mike Poocher to Pat's attention, and Pat said, you know, I'm into 3D as well. So it started to explode, you know. Uh, Claudia Kunin, have you seen her work? No! Oh, my gosh! You know, how about Ted Bruskowski? <laughs> I got his last name wrong. <laughs> Um, how about Ted? No, I haven't seen his work. you got to see his work. She blew that up. I had an interest in one guy. I thought one 3D artist, but she made a whole 3D wing yeah. <laughs> over there. And I was really excited about that. I want to do a whole 3D show um, because I think the technology's come along uh, a long way um, since my early days. And these guys are perfected. They're, they are, they're masters of the 3D and um, especially um, when I first saw um, Mike Poocher's work, he just randomly 
came along at a Photoshop World Conference and opened up this portfolio of his prints and handed me a 3D glasses. And I said, oh, no, you know, here we go, another 3D thing, you know, where is Godzilla? Um, and I was just stunned. The images he has over here are okay, but you really, you really need to go online and see all of his stuff. And I think that's what's great about the little digital markers on the wall. Yeah. You can scan them and go off and see more about the person and see their interview. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I said this before. This is it's a Vive um, image of the iceberg, like that iceberg image here in the show. We only get to show the tip of the iceberg of each one of these artists, and I hope that the people will look farther um, beyond just this tip of the iceberg yeah. that we show here. Uh, you didn't know these people, but you should delve into them a little bit farther. How does looking at this work inform what you do, not only in your role at, at Adobe, but in terms of your own personal efforts in, with photography? I found myself subliminally taking an image of umbrellas, not knowing why I was taking an image in an umbrella out on a desert plain, and I was taking images of an umbrella, <laughs> you're saying how it's affecting me, and I walk in and go, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm copying this uh, Brooks image with her umbrella, and I'm going, oh God, I can't believe I was influenced by that, <laughs> but that's what it's all about, it's creative influence, I hope that these people can influence others, um, what does this bring to me creatively, as you said earlier, uh, this is what I want to be, each one of these people. I, I want to be that creative. They're doing the artwork for me. Um, this, I feel like this is my artwork because I feel like I'm part of every one of these images. I can see their image. I can understand their vision. Maybe not some of their exotic dreams if you talk to them in person yeah. and you go, wow, is that what this means? <laughs> they can have their own vision, but I think stories are the key. Is there... Is there a story to the image? Is the image just, you know, is it just a bowl of fruit? Boring. Is there something weird going on here mm -hmm. that I want to know more about? Is it the book cover um, aspect? I want to delve farther into this book just by looking at the cover and this photo. It's, is there something beyond just the, the image um, and bringing it together? That's one of the criteriums that uh, I want to, uh, uh, that's what drew, drew me into it. That's why. That's, that's an interesting point, because when I think about all the work, yeah. narrative and story yes. infuses yeah. everything. Every you look at those one images, of them could be the cover of a book. Right, because right, you're wondering what's happening here. Who yeah. is this? What's yeah. happening? Yes. And it, it, it goes yeah. beyond a, yeah. a pretty picture. Yeah. You go, yeah. oh, that's nice. It's not just some portraits of some movie stars that are done on platinum prints. We love those. And they look great, you know, perfectly platinum prints. Um, it's, there's more to it. Yeah. That's what I hope they look, be, uh, that's what somebody comes to the show and sees is, um, the deep, the something's going on in there. I want to know about. And I, and as I'm walking around the artist and quizzing them and get to ask them, um, what's happening inside these images. Sometimes you want to know, sometimes you don't. <laughs> the, the 3D imagery was very interesting because this was the first opportunity I've been able to take it in in this particular way. Yeah, yeah. we're always like in a magazine. Yeah, these yeah. Were, so these are, these are prints with, you know, fine quality prints made. We normally see it, you know, in a, a different environment and not so much as art, do we? Mm -hmm. 
And I think a 3D print, an anaglyphic print, these red-blue prints, mm -hmm. I think they should work both ways. They should work without the glasses, and they should uh, inspire you or amaze you with the glasses. Yeah. Like, oh, there's more to it. There's something hidden inside that image. Claudia Kunin, I was saying that to her. You know, I love her tower. She has this beautiful tower um, image. And, you know, I, and I said, you know, I love this image just because it's offset. You know, it has mm -hmm. that sort of retro look to it, a little bit of offset to it. Like it was intentional. Yeah. And then you awaken yourself by putting the glasses on to see the image, um, which is pretty cool. In a video here, what was really kind of interesting Did you see was the to video? see, I saw the video. Unbelievable. And yeah. What was really cool was seeing those stereoscopic images that were made during, you know, the Civil War and the turn of the century and realizing that up to recently you could only view them in a very limited fashion yes. using a viewer. Yes. But now with dig you know, with yeah. digitizing the files, you could re experience them those images in a way you could never have done thirty or forty years ago. Leave it, I, leave it to these guys. They went and got those images and then re digitize them, and then put them into the polarizing. If you took your glasses off, I took my glasses off to see, so there's a little bit of offset, the left and right offset to those. The polarizing is what they use in the theaters today for um, all of our you know, Harry Potter and 3D movies. They did a superb job. God, that production company is amazing. I want them to do a story on me. <laughs> Just a little more personal, you know, make me look cool. Because they delved into, they took it, beyond just the normal that production company going the extra step of getting those classic photos and making them live again and combining that and weaving that all into the other artists the historical yeah it harkens back to my historical jerry yulesman historical the civil war the historical not to say that jerry yulesman is as old as the civil war but he's been around <laughs> Really amazing. I hope that they can get that video out in more a larger audience. I'm hoping that they publish that video 2D on the Internet, um, as well as the opening video, I think, is really um, informative yeah. um, stuff. Really fantastic. Yeah. It, and I like that it's not relegated to just people in the United States, that you're... Yes. You know, you have people from outside of the U.S. and France and, and, and elsewhere. And how important was that, you know? In, I, I completely blinded myself. If we'd found somebody from Tasmania, I guess I wouldn't have cared. We're just on the web, and the web sort of is this universal. I wasn't looking at the fact that the uh, titles were in French or anything. Again, we were blind to that. We were just looking, as I said, this random find the best, yeah. find the most intriguing. I must say that, again, Pat Lanza, I think she has a fondness for, I, I, I think she has a fondness. She introduced me to a little bit more French. <laughs> uh, so I think she opened up the door for France a little too because she, yeah. she knew of some artists in France like I knew artists. I tried for an artist in Japan. She didn't like my artist in Japan, so there. Yeah. Yeah. See, I couldn't quite sway her toward Japan. Yeah. Eclectic, is that the right term? It's a, uh, what was your term? A mishmash? Mishmash. Mishmash? Yeah. That sounds negative. Okay, it's no. not a negative. I think it's a mashup, is it? A mashup. Mash I think it's a mashup that's, um, or is today's word remix? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like remix. This is a remix of artists that really fuse together well. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, take the time to go through this show, um, and see it. Listen, 
I'm the first one to walk out of a theater from a movie, to walk out of a lecture, or to immediately walk out of a museum show if I find it boring after the first few images. I'm the f I'll walk out on myself if I'm giving a lecture, <laughs> if it's boring. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is I think this show, I, I, I don't know about you, you can have your own, you can leave your own personal opinion without me knowing, <laughs> but I think it's different. I think I don't go to a lot of these shows. I don't curate a lot of shows. I think maybe that's with an advantage. I wasn't you know, jaded or swayed or wanting to um, do something, you know, Profound. I think I just wanted to do something creative yeah. and have fun. I think that's what Pat. I said to Pat, she's on the phone, the blind phone, the the phone call. Out of the blue, Pat calls, and I said, Pat, am I going to have fun? Yes, you're going to have fun, Russ. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> if I'm going to have fun, I I got enough to do. I don't do I need to curate a show? No, but. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Very, very glad I did it. Jerry, when he was speaking, even, I think either on the video, I think he started talking about when he first started doing his work, a lot of people didn't didn't get it. They didn't really see that. Can as, you imagine that? I can imagine that. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Take ourselves back. Take ourselves back. He's very modern. His stuff is very modern for being so old, isn't it? It's... <laughs> it's it's, and it doesn't come off as dated. No. It just, it's just, no. Uh, I mean, it holds up. Okay. It holds okay. up even What more. do we know about classics that, you know, let's take the Beatles, for example. Mm -hmm. We can listen to the one, piece of music, not dated, still popular, still today. You know, I, I think he's, it's done long ago, but travels into the future. Good point. I can use that in my next interview. It's, has, has no time to it. It's timeless in the, it, it in its, in its quality, um, that then stretches on. And it's not like this, his is, you know, the photographs you mentioned from the Civil War. Now, if I put Civil War photographs out yeah. there and then go, okay, we don't quite get this. Why did you go from Civil War into Maggie Taylor? But that so, sort of feeling time, of yeah. timelessness and poignancy yeah. Yeah. is is really elusive because a lot of people would say, well, you could do so much more with Photoshop. And there's all these filters. <laughs> oh, yet... Yeah. And oh, thank goodness nobody used the fine edges. <laughs> you just made a very good point. A very big point. No one in this show has used a filter, to my knowledge. Okay, maybe Maggie Taylor added noise. But did you see any fine edges? No, I don't think so. Wow, that's really interesting because I hate instant art. I hate... Um, running fine edges or make it glow or, or d drop shadow just because you can drop shadow. Wow. These are images that don't look like they've had some sort of filter effect on them that I think of. I think the person was thinking more of the concept rather than yeah. a quick, like, wow, how did you make that glow? And these days, you know, I'll do something really fast in Photoshop or even now on the tablet. We have a new application, Photoshop Touch. I'll do it and then you can post it to the web. I'm this instant gratification guy. Oh my gosh. I'll work on something. These guys are working on it for two weeks. I'll work on it for two hours. Yeah. Then throw it on to Facebook. Just get adulation. Just to, oh, oh good. Yeah. People love me. <laughs> but that's, there's that aspect. There's that, um, I think that's a new age of people want, to be admired for what they do and 
That's what's cool about these. That's why these none of these people are jerks. They're all, they're all so stunned that they were invited. <laughs> they're all so amazed that they were invited. Isn't that cool? It, it, yeah. it seems like uh, I talked to a couple what of people. What am I that, doing here? <laughs> right, because this is an amazing venue, amazing exposure for their work. <laughs> yes. But I think part of it, is, it goes back to what you said earlier in terms of these people invested not just a bunch a bunch of their time, but their energy mm-hmm. and their focus to mm-hmm. creating these works. They had a commitment to each individual body of work, and you see it when it comes across, either yeah. on the screen or in the print. And I think that's one of the things that helps differentiate that and a lot of the other stuff, where it's sort of push buttons, apply this filter here, yeah. and get an interesting look, yeah. but that doesn't leave you feeling much of much of anything. Yeah, you know, we go look at. Uh, Look at a Michelangelo or Renoir. I think we see something we couldn't do. Is that it? I'm looking at, yes. I'm looking at these and I'm going, I want to see something I couldn't do. I think I can also compare this to going out for dinner. Now, this is really crazy. (laughs) Why do we go out to dinner? We don't go out to dinner so someone can make us something we can make at home. We go out to dinner because we want to enjoy something we could never make at home and it's this wonderful experience. And as I walk in here, I look at these, and that's it's very interesting. Mm. It's something I couldn't do or wouldn't have the patience to do, and I'm inspired by it. It's, it's just a, a fine, elegant restaurant that you get to walk through and taste the flavor of each pixel. Oh, you can quote <laughs> me on that. <laughs> that. Yes, yes, yeah. A pixel... That you didn't know existed. Um, yeah, that's a fine dinner that, um, oh, I hate. It's like a museum, going to a museum. Yeah, I could do that. Not every museum's that way, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we've both been to shows that we've walked out on. Oh, I've been to some bad movies lately. Oh, mm. movies are getting worse. And I, I have such, I just love the power of walking out yeah. of a movie. <laughs> well, you're, you're in an interesting position because people are coming to you and and you're sharing your vast knowledge of this editing application. Vast, vast knowledge. I have an amazing amount of knowledge. Yes. And Let's it's, keep that going. And I'm sure that it could get very stagnant for you for, to simply say, okay, this is how you use this filter, press this button, do it. Yeah. And I think but that one of the things that at least some of the best instructors I've ever had is they're always trying to infuse their passion along with it. Passion. Not just saying, this is how you do it, but inspire people to think about why they want to do it. You're a, and, photog- yeah, you're a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how's... I was just thinking, uh, I always have to be inspired. My latest thing is to go sit in on photographers. And that's how I cold called um, Joel Grimes, who's here in the show. Cold called him and said, Joel... I want to come to your seminar. And totally inspirational. You got to do it. You got to go out. And, yeah. and then I cold called another guy who did night photography, Scott Martin. I said, Scott, I want to come sit in your class. And of course, in my, uh, and Scott, I'll just happen to bring a, uh, do you have a copy of Photoshop? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want everybody to know that. I don't do that professionally. I, I'll just make it clear that I cannot personally gain from the distribution of Adobe software. I, if I made that clear to the audience, yeah. I yeah. cannot personally gain. Adobe was benefiting from my knowledge gained. Because I went around, I, I went to Joel Grimes, and then 
and then helped invite Joel Grimes to speak at Photoshop World. So now he's there. Yeah. I went to see Scott Martin, and now Scott Martin is speaking at Photoshop World. So I'm going out and tasting these different restaurants. I think you need to go out to different restaurants. <laughs> so my point is, um, I'm, I, I'm, I, I just these days more and more inspiration from other photographers. I'm going to mention to this group that I would personally pose for any of them if they want me to <laughs> in their photos. Uh, I'd love to be included in some of these images. And, uh, like uh, Jean-Francois Rosier, I'd love to be one of the little tiny miniature men standing in his huge you know, library. Yeah. You saw his images, the zoom, zoom, zoom um, stuff. It's really interesting. I mean, photography is always an opportunity to find the way other people view the world, particularly a world that we're all very familiar with. But this is more of an exploration of an inner world. You know, when you're actually getting a glimpse into the mind of the imagination of somebody. Keep on going, keep on going. I like this. So I think that that for me is what sort of stands out as I look at this whole collective body of work. Very good. I'm I'm glad I told you that before the interview started. (laughs) So, but it's, what I try to sort of grasp is that, okay, you have that, yet you have this piece of software that is made up of, you know, zeros and ones and numbers and all these bells and yeah, whistles yeah, and on yeah. there. And it's like, okay, how do you get that and not have that get in the way? Because I think a lot of people, they learn the software, yet they feel they get bogged down by limitations that either are self-imposed or whatever. Yeah, and um, sometimes the technology gets in their way. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, some of these people, many of these people, I had no idea of their age. And there we were sort of blind to age yeah. as well as, you know, nationality. Some are fairly old, some are fairly young, but they all brought something to this um, uh, amazing. Hopefully some of that's due to Adobe and their interface makes it simple. But, you know, I think each artist learns what they need to learn. I bet if you asked these artists, did you know that if you held down the option key plus the Z and the Y, a little man will pop up? And they go, no. They don't need to know that. They need to know A, B, and C. And I think I would make it, I'll wager to guess. I think many of them could have done what they were doing in Photoshop 3. I mean, I I think many of them are just simple layer users. Mm. Nothing too sophisticated. I demo and show how to use a layer mask with a smart object um, in some exotic thing. But then I'll sit down with these artists and I think, oh, they must use some amazing techniques that I'm going to learn. And then I sit down and watch them. You're just using layers with the eraser tool? Oh, okay, okay, I can go there. So um, I think that goes to your sense. They'll only learn what they need to learn, and then they get their job done. And if you walk in and tell them to hold down the option key and the Z and the Y, and the brush pops up, it confuses them. (laughs) It throws them off. So I, I have found recently that I'll go watch their demos and look over the shoulder, but... Um, and they'll keep on getting really paranoid, you know, like, oh, gosh, oh, I know yeah. you can do this in five steps and I'm doing 100. No, no, keep on going. Your way's just fine. You, we both get to the same location except you are talented and you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> it's talent, talent, talent. It's talent and layers. 
and the eraser. The talent, layers, and the eraser brush. And tenacity. Uh, Yes. Just to go out there and go out and make the work. Because a lot of these people weren't necessarily working as full-time photographers. I don't know what they do for real. I know that Mike Kutcher doesn't do this. I think he works in a design agency. He he'd love to become you know a, you know full time artist. He'd love to become as well known as a Jerry Ullsman and mm-hmm. put up an eight thousand dollar print. I mean, I mean, this his platinum prints out there. I'm sure yeah. eight thousand dollars. I mean, they're more than that. One of a kind platinum platinum prints never could be reproduced again. Mm. I love that aspect. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. You can't and you're not Ansel Adams. You can't go in and make a print from an eight by ten negative. Nope. Can't make multiples of those. I can't make multiples of those and then sign them. Um, it's a Jerry Olsen, and it's a one of a kind. And um, he did it. He touched it. He touched. That's what counts. He touched it. Man, I like that theme as well. That most of these people, Jerry, would Jerry be the only one who's touched his artwork? Uh, Bonnie Lahota is teaching a class with me. She interacts with hers. She. Uh, wants to destroy and distort the emulsion. <laughs> she's mm. she's going from digital back to analog and distorting it. Um, it's a beautiful combination. Yeah. There are a lot of sh- shoulds in photography. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. And a lot of these people demonstrate that there really aren't any real shoulds or shoulds. It's just what you want to do or what you need to do in order to express what you want in in that photograph. Yeah. I think they're all very good technicians. I, you know, I don't see any ragged edges to anything. But I don't think that would matter as long as the story and the concept and the it drew you in to, yeah. uh, to the image. Um, one of the uh, photographers, I, I think it was one of the French photographers, this was the first opportunity that he saw to see his yes, work in print. That was Pierre Bette. Okay. So Pierre Bette only does his... On screen or on the web, he doesn't print. I'm turning into that animal as well. I'm turning into the, I do screen, I do print, I share it on the web. And I, you know, I got in close, looked at his image of his self-portrait as the eggs. And I said, wow, there's a lot of resolution here. Did you, you know, did you think you were going to ever print this? He had no idea he's going to print it, but he worked on such high resolution that it was, it was ready. I said, is everything you expected it to be? You've never made a print before. He says, it's not as bright as the screen. I said, oh, good. Is that all? <laughs> um, and so that was really interesting. Well, that's that's one of sort of the, the fascinating things in terms of the time that we live in because, you know, up until the last couple of decades, if you wanted to experience a photograph, it had to be on paper, either on the yeah. print or in a book. Yeah. But now large, most of the millions of images that are produced every day never find their way to paper. No. So here you have the experience of curating an exhibit, of getting p- images that you've discovered yourself on, on a computer web. screen, yes, yes. and then experiencing them, experiencing them on paper on the wall. What did that mean to you, having a chance to see that? Well, the illusion on screen, they're much brighter, much colorful, I think there's a different spectrum of colors there. I'm I'm of the mind that nothing exists until it's printed. It doesn't really exist on a computer. It's not really there. Um, I'm old school. If I can't touch it uh, or it doesn't exist out here, I'm um, not real. So that's the fascination for me 
um, this could have been a show. Russell Brown curates the all-digital show with high-def monitors. Yikes, that would have been sort of boring. So each artist you would have come up to a high-definition plasma screen, and, and then each of their images would have passed by you. Um, that's different, but there's something nice about the quality, the texture of paper. Again, old school. Yeah. But I think it's going to come back. I think people are going to realize um, the beauty of uh, really rag paper. In some ways, I wish some of these weren't behind glass. I think that sort of hides you from it, letting me see the, the texture of the paper, what type of paper was that printed on. But I think also here, they're trying to hide that, and you're just looking at the image. You're not so concerned about how it was produced. No. Um, perhaps, I think, Pat is probably has that direction. You might want to interview her as well. She'll have completely... Then she'll say, oh, I curated this whole thing. Russell Brown had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pat had an enormous amount of... Um, it's really, I'm lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time, and they called me a curator. <laughs> but I had, I had some influence. It was fun to have the influence of finding these people together. Well, the final question I always ask is going to put you on the spot, but I'm sure you're up to it. Okay. Um, I always ask my guests to recommend one other photographer for our listeners to discover and explore, and it can be anyone, someone you've long admired, someone you've recently discovered. Let's go back to someone I mentioned earlier because I'm recently into this. I'm reopening my oh, uh, vision of night photography. I think night photography is the next, next thing. I think I'm going to have to recommend Scott Martin. And you can look him up, Scott Martin Photography, and see his night photography. I think we've all done daytime. Daytime's done. Nighttime's the next thing. Uh, stars, the planets, the star, the moon... Uh, time-lapse, motion, capturing the unseen at night. Long exposure in night photography, I think, is pretty cool stuff where you can set up a camera for, you know, half an hour. Um, these guys are crazy if they set up film for yeah. half an hour. And you capture a city which appeared to be black, you know, just completely no lights. But in fact, there's so much, you know, so much, you know, light pollution that if you set the camera up long enough, you can capture a whole new world of night photography. So Scott Martin is my unknown um, photographer of the day. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was yeah. a real pleasure to have the chance to see you again, yeah. to talk to you, and uh, to see this amazing work. So thank you so much. Yes. Don't forget the Hindenburg Space for Photography, L.A., till May, the end of May. Be here. Thanks for listening and supporting the show for another year. This will be the last episode for 2011, but I'll be back in February with a whole new season of shows. I hope that you have a great holiday season and an even better new year. A special thanks to Martin Taylor, who helps to produce these shows and has been really invaluable to me. So thank you very much. You can find out more about him and his work by visiting theothermartintaylor.com. And this is Ibarionax Perello, and this is The Candid Frame.